This is Rick Stoner. On today's podcast, I interview Matthew from BigTime.gg. BigTime is a multiplayer action RPG that makes collecting NFTs accessible to everyone. Big Time is a free-to-play multiplayer action RPG game that combines fast action combat and adventure through time and space. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Today I have Matthew from Big Time with me. He's the guild manager over there at a new uh, blooming game in the blockchain that hasn't had a lot of surface advertising. So it's a big, huge discovery for me. I've seen a little bit of this uh, game name and people talking about it in in back rooms. And Matthew, I know right before we started um, chatting here and recording that we were just discussing the advertising aspect of crypto. And it's actually one of my big questions, usually during um, AMA podcasts is, you know, how do you feel about marketing and crypto when marketing and crypto is kind of turned into kind of like a shit coin in a way you're not sure what <laughs> is good marketing and what's bad marketing it's a uh, it's it's tough the you definitely get a a feel in a lot of web3 games that you're being over over marketed to and i think anybody that will tell you in marketing that word of mouth is worth about 10 times as much on a unit basis than any advertising that's being thrown at you. And so I think a lot of them, a lot of those shit coin projects that you may be mentioning are kind of doing it wrong. Um, and especially with some other games as well. Gold standard is to always have a community that kind of goes out there and is so enthusiastic about what you're building. They go out there and tell their friends and family about it and bring those people in much more organically. But, at the end of the day, if you don't have a positive user experience and people aren't enjoying it, then they won't do that. So some people just try and make up for crappy user experiences or bad products by just covering you in those advertisements. So um, that actually is probably something that makes your project really different to the rest of them where a lot of these projects, they get pushed out um, because they they go at marketing the wrong way and nobody's looking for longevity so it was it's easy to see that you're going for the long run as what i see at the levels of in production gaming you're at um you know a lot of my earlier amas and podcasts people were pitching games to me that that were not even almost still on the chalkboard no there wasn't there wasn't even a a a prototype there was there was nothing um and now you're far past that you guys are already in testing phases and expecting to release maybe in the next year yeah so i there's a couple couple different takeaways there on my end so we uh we do have a game that you can see and you can look at and you can check us out on twitch and there are people playing it albeit it's in a invite only alpha right now so it's like a real game um it's not like an elaborate rug pull but i feel some of those web3 games that probably came at you trying to to show their wares were very much falling in on the trend within web3 which was get in super early and hope that it 30x's and there were so many projects doing that that you know if you if you think it you know average is going to be a 30x and you only need one out of every 29 dollars that you throw into projects to pay off and then suddenly you've made your money back so we took a different approach at big time we very much under promised over delivered i think with the with the gameplay and the content and stuff but you can see it now like there is very much a game here and then the functionality is just going to continue being increased until we get to our global launch next year okay so like this very game specific question now um because i've i've I didn't see anything really tokenomics. You, it's it's almost as if you guys have focused more on the NFT utility side before even worrying about tokenomics. Sure did. The 
there is going to be a token inside of big time. You can only get it from in-game play. There's not going to be an IDO or an ICO for an initial sale, and it's not going to be tied to governance. It's wow. really meant to be an ingredient to crafting and making your own NFTs inside the game. But for us, what we really tried to focus on one on was the game and like the combat focus in there. But then also as a big subset of the game is crafting and owning your in-game items. So something like your swords or your armor or your you know, gloves and your helmet, a lot of those things are going to be NFTs that are verifiably scarce that you own inside the game and you eventually will be able to move outside the game if you want to. So that's really, it's really kind of more of the combat focused players and the crafter gamers that we think will really like big time. The tokenomics is, I don't know of like all the reasons to play big time a little bit farther down the list than is probably normal for what we saw out of web three games in the last couple of years. I'm starting to get the fight club impression right now. <laughs> Nobody talks about fight club. Nobody says anything about it. And I think I know why it's because he's nobody wants anybody else in it. It's like, stay out, let us play, let us mine, let us mill, let us figure it out before you guys all come to the game. And I guess it's actually a really good strategy, isn't it? Like what's going on? And and because what you just described to me, this is going to create a huge, um, um, it's not a problem. It's going to be, it's going to be very uh, hard to obtain. So especially if you have a, a an IGC in game currency, that's, crafting nfts yeah and and you know that model is actually a more it's a it's a nicer working model because it will give the players the opportunity to create a player driven economy and even though you know because we all know there's a minting value of nfts that later the players will drive against those values because they have to build equivalent items with the in-game currency so what I'm I'm kind of curious is the in-game currency going to be movable um, through say MetaMask or Solana, um, Phantom Wallet, or anything like that? Yeah, you're going to be able to move it outside the game to a Dex if you want to. So while it's inside the game, it's it's technically off-chain, um, and by putting it off-chain, we can incorporate users who don't have a wallet or anything like that. We can create that ecosystem where they're blending Web two and Web three users but to move it outside the game onto a dex which you will be able which you will be able to do with the currency you're going to use our some of our proprietary tech it's called the vault where you can mint that onto a chain and then move it move it outside the game okay interesting so that's really interesting that you're gonna yeah when they take it out they're gonna be minting it is there what what do you see as any kind of a roadblock in front of you guys like is there anything that's slowing you down other than just time itself waiting for the whole entire system to adopt more i you know exogenous to big time i would say the general distaste right now towards blockchain i think is pretty is a pretty tough narrative that doesn't that's not helping a ton right now with the entire web3 gaming industry i think if you say nfts to about 25% of gamers they stop paying attention they don't want to hear anymore and that's tough because you could have a fantastic project. You can have the best game in the world, but as soon as you said the word NFT, you're going to lose them. Um, acknowledging that that sentiment that's out there, we we try and focus more about big times in-game functionality than anything else. And the game can stand completely on its own without NFTs. Like you should be able to pick up an NFT inside a big time and not know that that's an NFT. And it should just be another in-game item. But there's the externalities to blockchain that is like a benefit to it. And I think by creating a game that doesn't need the NFT part in order for people to like it and to to play it and to enjoy it, I think that actually is a pretty unique position for big time compared to the rest of the gaming industry. Oh, here's definitely an, an odd question. I should I should ask this to every single guest. How often do you hear when billboard? When billboard? 
What is, what is uh I, I I'm dating myself here. When is Billboard? It's it's a marketing question. Like people ask when Billboard. When are you gonna be on a Billboard? I don't I don't oh. want you to be on a Billboard. I like honestly don't want you to waste a penny on a Billboard. You know, it's like. Oh God, I feel so dumb now that I asked that question. Uh, it's so obvious the way you just phrased it. Now, you know, I let me let me let me put it like to you like this. So. If you look at something like the top 10 most expensive video games of all time, I think number 10 is around $250 million over about a three to four year development period with about a $100 million marketing budget. And the most expensive game is Red Dead Redemption um, at $500 million. If you want 10 million daily active users, that's essentially what you have to do at this point. Outside of something like World of Warcraft, if you're making a new game, you need to spend about $100 million in marketing to get all those players in there. That's not really in the cards for any Web3 game that's out there right now. You can tell from the amount that they raised, their NFT sales, and the number of users they have. They just don't have that in their budgets right now. And so there's almost an understanding that you're not going to beat those Web2 gaming monsters by playing their game in marketing and advertising. You like if you need to spend a hundred million dollars to beat their games and users and stuff, you're gonna lose because they've got a bigger budget. So for us, like you said, I you know I wouldn't say never on a billboard, but uh, it's definitely not the way we're trying to grow right now, and it's probably not something we're gonna do for the next six to twelve months or so, at least until the global launch of our game. It's a, it's actually a a great response to this question because. Um, for upcoming developers, you know, other projects who are actually doing research, you know, that might listen to this to understand where you guys are in development to help them. This will teach them right there. It's like, be careful. Your advertising budget isn't the thing to be wasteful with. You don't be putting a billboard up when you still are in an alpha <laughs> in development. Yeah. You just, you can't. And if you're trying to raise money, because you're running out of it, then you're doing something wrong, probably. And so you guys seem to have this really solid business model. What can you attribute to that? Well, that model is or was largely set in place by the founder when he started big time in April of 2020. So right around the start of the pandemic, Ari, he was the co-founder of Decentraland, essentially left to start big time. And he did so with the vision of, I want to create a AAA quality game, but in Web3. And it's a somewhat simplistic idea that was nonetheless revolutionary at the time. And really up until the last like six to eight months was something that nobody really cared about doing. They were like, no, if you're going to make a Web3 game, aim for a ton of users, get it on mobile, get as many people in there as possible. So it was somewhat of a, a divergent take. And that that mentality of like focus on high quality game content the users will come and that 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 immersive environment that you make is going to be the ultimate source of your value for your nfts is uh is the same adage we've carried throughout and it's it's how we've approached marketing it's how we've approached onboarding new players into the game into the alpha it's how we've approached things like twitch and tournaments and so on and so forth is Focus on the game, build a good game, players will come, and the value from the NFTs will will follow the players. Okay, so that's that's actually um now it I can remember when I first heard about Big Time. That was exactly what somebody told me. Mm -hmm. A decentralized programmer left and it went to go and create an, an a real project. Not that Decentraland's not a real project, but it's kind of like a sandbox and it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. I mean, I've been in it recently. Everybody's gambling. Everybody's playing blackjack in it. You might as well just made Decentral Blackjack Land instead of Decentraland, right? It doesn't make a lot of sense with it. And then you're crafting things, but you can't fight the other players. It's like, what? Why? So I can see where a developer would want to bring crypto something because a lot of us want something to play. And there isn't anything. There still isn't anything. Um, 
what was it? The creators, there was going to, there's some sort of like a rust like game or, or is it called rust? Um, there is one that was coming out. Now there was a whole bunch of complications when it comes to steam and steam said, we're not going to have any NFT games. We're not going to have any, anything like that. Now, does that, does that hurt any like yourselves at all? Seeing these big game, um, hubs saying, no, we're, we don't want to have any NFT games on here. Oh, I, I have a hot take, a piping hot take on that. I think that they say that because their audience really, really hates it. For that number that I said before, which is like, you know, at least 25% of gamers, broad stroke gamers, uh, have a visceral hatred for NFTs. And if a big gaming studio is going to come out and say, yeah, we're going to go all in on the blockchain, then a lot of those players will just leave straight up. Yeah. And they'll, um, they'll unsub just out of <laughs> just just out of like pure um, protest. Right. You're right. And they can't risk losing that money. That makes yeah. sense. That's that's really good. Yeah. And um, I but, you know, they're they're big, smart organizations. They're I just I don't think they're I think they know that Web3 is a common blockchain is a common how we incorporate it into games is the trickier part and right now i don't think they've seen a positive use case for how to get it in there you've seen you've seen some 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 attempts i've heard people say that they were thinking about leaking uh bitcoin into gta 6 whenever that comes out there, there's been some other discussions about nfts inside of big games but for the most part they're just acknowledging their audience which is like we see the way nfts have been used so far and we don't like it and if anything, over the last three months with the bear market, it's reinforced that image. But I think five years, 10 years from now, I think you're going to see a much more tasteful integration of blockchain in a way that it's pretty much every AAA game is going to need to incorporate it somehow. It just, it just makes too much sense. But the user experience is terrible right now. So I don't, I don't blame them for moving away from it. Well, I could see where, the, where it could damage the integrity of a game. Yeah. Like a, a big game comes out they're they do a 10,000 nft release limited edition armor whatever and some whales come in and they just mass buy and then they keep the price up and then three months later everybody's talking about how they spent a thousand dollars on an nft in a video game that's worth two dollars now and now they because of that that much resentment they may not play it so it could actually work in reverse for them sure yeah. it's a burst of money and it's a utility to a hype cycle that's going on presently but does it really work when you look at the books? You know, it's, that, this is making a lot more sense why these big companies aren't aren't going at it because it might not be a good business decision. It might turn off a lot of their their currently subscribed audience, right? Their current subscribed players. That would be a disaster. Yeah. Like it, yeah. I, I couldn't even imagine if Steam lost 25% of their subs, it would be a disaster for them like they would they would have to yeah so gamers are many is, things but they are <laughs> they are passionate <laughs> Both so what ways. is holding them back what do you what do you think on what is holding the gamers back from the technology because you'd think it would be desirable that they could save the thing that they earned in a video game tonight and they can give it to a friend in school tomorrow and they could do it from their cell phone and send it to them and then a friend can use it instead of going through well we, like we know there's there's in-game trading right now it's exactly the same as in-game trading why what is the resentment from the gamers like what is your best guess on that that they they just scared they don't want to adopt the technology themselves? i think there's yeah i well yes i think there's two main reasons number one i think it's a negative user experience that inhibits that transaction process you just described and number two is the prevalence of negative cases with NFTs So in sequence. So you remember the first time that you set up a wallet with seed phrases and depositing currency, and it was probably not a pleasant experience. You know, it was probably like, oh, I feel like I'm getting taken for a ride here. What if I lose all my money? I don't know if I trust these guys. Who are these people? Coinbase? This sounds like a fake name. You know, like it's it's not fun and imagine you have to do all of that just to start playing a game that you may not like that's a lot mm -hmm. that's asking a lot out of people 
And that contributes to a pretty negative user experience. If you could just sign in, play a game, and then just whip out your phone and transfer an item to your friend, that would be awesome. But that's not how you you set up wallets these days and do transfers. You It takes a lot of upfront negative user experience and a lot of times a lot of money. Then number two, the number of negative use cases out there is just killing everybody from you know NFT projects that straight up got scammed or robbed by hackers or you take these NFTs that were worth $1,000 that plummeted down to $2. Those are things that people remember. You know, as humans, we are hardwired to be loss averse as opposed to gain seeking. We, we register losses much more prominently in our, in our psyche than a possibility of a gain. And if all you do is hear losses, which is what a lot of the mainstream media covers of blockchain, then you're just going to just write off that entire industry. And until we fix those things, or at least get better, then users aren't going to really follow us over into Web3. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, um, what is it in big time that you can point out that's um, trying to combat that? And, and I already see uh, like the mechanics that you've decided, the crafting of NFTs instead. Like you're, It sounds like you're using everything more of how it was intended than how these clone collections of 10,000 NFTs are minting every day into basically no utility. The only utility it is is to help the developer out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want to buy into that utility? It's like I'm trying to I'm trying to get my 40-foot catabran and go to the Virgin Islands and if you guys can be a part of my process, my journey. Um the uh I think the most from a user perspective, the first thing you're going to notice about big time is assuming you have it, uh, been whitelisted into the game, it's two clicks to play, one to register, okay. and then two to download. That's it. You're off to the races at that point. Then you can fire it up and start playing. And that's, that's what it's pretty much always going to be like. You know, you don't need to connect a wallet if you don't have to. You don't have to add in a credit card. You really don't have to do much. You can start playing the game. And that's good. That's that's very different than a lot of other Web3 games where you need to connect a wallet. And prior to that, you need to have deposited currency, so on and so forth. From a user perspective, you can start playing and you can start collecting NFTs with just those two clicks. And I think that's mm -hmm. pretty good. And you, you're, it's going to be a while until you get your first NFT. You're going to futz around with the game and explore the levels and find the controls. And then you're going to start running through some dungeons. But I think that's the biggest thing. Make it very easy for people to start playing. And uh, and then once they kind of get involved, they're like, oh, I like this. I'm going to stay in here. I'm going to keep playing. And oh, yeah, finding an NFT, a little dopamine hit. And then they're and then they're they're hooked. So could you um, describe what genre of gameplay? I know you just mentioned dungeons. Um, give us kind of a feel of what gameplay style it is. I know I know a lot of people afterwards, they'll go and they'll look it up on YouTube. Yeah, we can try and give them an idea now what we're going to see like it's and this isn't just another world of warcraft recreation or something like that right yeah no uh, anybody who tries to make world of warcraft 2.0 with a different name is going to lose we went for a multiplayer rpg game that's like a balance between diablo and world of warcraft um mm. so you know world of warcraft the similarities there is you've got these complementary character classes and you can swap between any of them at any given point you're not committed to a character class forever but it really encourages group play and kind of counterbalancing strengths and weaknesses and then the comparison with diablo is that you're roaming a large world and then you drop into dungeons so the dungeons is where the combat is turned on it's there's side quests on the inside that's where you can collect the the, the nfts and the other in-game items and so it's it's kind of a balance between those two. I think it, there's no strong comparison out there. I've heard some some other similarities with other games like RuneScape, but I would say 80% Diablo, 20% World of Warcraft. Okay, yeah, I'm not a real RuneScape fan, and when for what I've seen in video of it, it's, it's I don't know how that was like <laughs> apples to orange. It's not even close to that. Not even close to that. So it's it like a, it's the, like a hybrid items, dungeon yeah. crawler. It's like yeah. a hybrid dungeon crawler so yeah. far, which you're describing, which gives yeah. you flexibility as developers. You're, I mean, in the future, possibly um, oh, game world um, 
bosses, uh, game world quests uh, on above level, dungeon quest, dungeon level. Like that gives you guys a lot of flexibility. Uh, is is the game PvP? Is it player versus player, player versus environment, or can you turn that off and on, like it's, as a player? It's just PVE right now, and it'll probably be that way through the open launch of the game. It's it's you roam the world, and it, it, it's very much about cooperative gameplay, but it's not PvP. I think it's going to be a, a pretty pretty long time till we get there in part for the balancing but uh but we will bring in esports in fact there's already been two tournaments uh that, that big time's been associated with so that's that's good we can still kind of satisfy that that desire from a lot of gamers for a pvp experience so now this may be a very naive question statement um i thought that was a little bit about how games balance you create a a battleground arena and you throw people in there and go fight and then you watch and see, well, that player there's won like 10,000 men. There's a little bit of balance to fix there. And so that's what I ask. Maybe not player versus player in the big game world, but a battleground or an arena that players are going to be able to select and go into. And I know that this can take away from games. I've seen games that do this. And then eventually that's the only thing people do. They're just in the battlegrounds and then the, the whole population of the game where all the developers did all their work, nobody's playing. And that's kind of a <laughs> disappointment for them, right? Because it's like, well, they're all in the battlegrounds, but nobody's playing dungeons anymore. And and as a developer, I could see that would be really a heartache, right? Because you spend all that time building something and you build a little arena and everybody's just in an arena. So is that reflecting your decisions on that? Or like, do you guys ever have an element of player versus player for this game coming? Or at least on the table? I know I'm pushing this question really hard. <laughs> um, yes. The short answer is it's, it's always on there. We, we very much start with the user first. Like if you're not starting with the user first, um, you're going to lose out in the end. Um, their users are just going to like walk away. Um, mm -hmm. And so for us, we, we um, trying to think about how to phrase it. So we started off with build a game mechanic where it's cooperative, play together, bring in your other friends. But um, eventually we are going to add more things like individual side quests. So that way, if you are just an individual player who, like, you know what, I just, I got like 20 minutes. I don't feel like finding a party and going through that whole hassle and making small talk. You don't have to do it. And so accommodating both individual users up to that six party system is one of the continual content development priorities for the big time gamers or game developers. Now, is that, no. So I've been playing this um, game, um, Star Wars, The Old Republic, and I've yeah. noticed something. It's too easy. It's like... <laughs> I swing my sword for 20 levels now and I I really don't ever get killed in the game. I, <laughs> the challenge is like where I thought a game was challenging. So is there a challenge level in your game associated to having to players to co-op? Like so in a nutshell, is your game hard enough? Is it or is it catering to it has to be so easy that People can just swing their sword around for 20 levels, not dying. Because that doesn't seem to appeal all the time to everybody, even, even myself. So is that why? Is your game hard? Ah, yes. It reminds me of the quote. When Alexander the Great saw the breadth of his domain, he wept. For there were no more worlds to conquer. <laughs> that sounds like when you describe a Star Wars Old Republic. I... You know, I for us right now, there's no cap on the number of levels, and you can still keep finding oh. stuff. So there is a limit to the content right now. I you know, kind of meet you halfway on the on your question is, there's not enough content right now for a global launch. That's for sure. Um, there, not all the bugs have been fixed. There is still imbalances that need to be fixed, and that's why we work so closely with our community and read our forums and have play testers to give us that feedback. So it's not, it's, it's not there yet, but that's why we have six more months get there to bring in more content, to add more features to do all of these other things to fill it out so that you don't have that experience, you know, 
one or two years later where you're like, ah, I've already, I'm a level 10,000 and I'm unstoppable inside this game. I don't want to play it anymore. Getting that right is very much, is very much a big challenge for us. Um, and one of the, one of the real arts of, of being a game developer, I would say. Um, so what I, where I was, was asking about how long you have been in development. Two and a half years. So wow. we, we draw our origins back to the creation of the Slack, the first Slack message, which I, I feel any tech company can, can empathize with. That's, that's probably as good enough of a start date as any. It took us two years to get to a playable alpha. That's when our first early access pass holders got into the game. And realistically, we're going to be right around that three-year mark when we hit the global launch. But three years for a, a, a multiplayer RPG-style game, that's about right. That's, 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 right uh, that's right about the median for how long it takes for a, a game of, of quote-unquote AAA quality to come to, come to market from, from Genesis to, to an open beta. Indeed, indeed. Actually, it's a good it's a good time span. Um, you can't when games tell us that they're going to be launched in six months. <laughs> it's, no, they're not going to be or not without having some wireframe characters in it. Still, you know, <laughs> you can't do that. You can't rush your roadmap, and and I think that has really helped you guys having this long term outlook, like. Uh, I can't wait. I see on your website, it says it's free to play. Yeah. Now, how is, how is that going to launch in free to play as where right now I see you need to have a certain kind of a pass or an NFT pass to play. Will that restriction come off when the game officially launches? Yes. So right now you need a Ruby pass to play, but a Ruby pass is not an NFT and you can't buy it. So it's, it's kind of like a, a lexicon thing. People are used to the idea of a pass, but in reality, what it looks like is we enable your account. So if you were to go down to bigtime.gg right now, download the game, you would get a restricted access. Like, hey, you can't play the game. And you have the game downloaded, you just can't access it. But when we whitelist you with this Ruby pass, it basically just means you can play. And that's what it is. And there's two ways to get a pass, either from the big time team or from one of our affiliates. So there are some players out there who have been pretty, pretty awesome community members, uh, positive voices, and we're like, you know what? We're kind of delegating you guys the ability to whitelist players who you think would enjoy the game. We really value people who want to play it and are a positive voice. You get the whitelisting access, but you don't need a wallet for any of that stuff. There's You can't buy it or anything like that. So it's still free to play. But what it does is control the number of players inside the game so it doesn't overwhelm our servers. Okay. Yeah. That's, I, I know I come to that question every now and then. Yeah. I've asked games, I'm like, so what happens if it gets big? How scalable are you? You yeah. know, like, do you, do you really know what happens when 7 million people decide, oh, I want to download this game? Well, then your download server crashes. Then yeah. the people who are hosting your game file are like, what's going on? Yeah. And then two days later, everybody starts logging into your game and your mainframe starts melting yeah. and you're putting in more air conditioners. Yeah. So are you, are you not that that will happen? We, we hope not. I mean, in, in a way, we do hope for that to happen also. That's a good problem. Um, but how have you addressed scalability uh, other than the word of mouth structure and, and the smart marketing, I guess, is in a nutshell, what I would call it. Yeah. You, you know, two-part question. One is how do we make sure people continue to have a, a positive experience while they're playing it without having a lot of lag? The name of the game for gaming <laughs> is first-time user experience. So if you get that wrong, that's how you end up with these games that have a big spike in the first 48 hours or 72 hours of the game, and then two weeks later, they've all disappeared. And making sure there's not a lot of lag or rubber banding is perpetual. The way we've learned is through our early access period where we incrementally add people into the game, onboard more servers to meet demand in various regions, and then making sure that we address kind of any bugs as they arise. So we're going to stair step into a global launch for the next six or so months to, to make sure that's they have a positive user experience. Um, 
that and we have like a pretty experienced team but building triple a games so if anything we tend to operate a little bit more cautiously than anything else in terms of how we add users the second part is the marketing we are we have not opened the floodgates yet on the marketing and bringing in new users i actually think we've done a we've operated in a, in a pretty scrappy small team in terms of how we've built our community so far and given that we've got 400,000 discord users uh, sometimes i'm in, i'm impressed with how uh how it's kind of come about but for the most part it's a big heavy emphasis on engaging with the community in a positive way if they can be a positive voice for you use that word of mouth that's going to go a lot farther for building a, a healthier community in the long run so i'm quite a i'm quite a discord geek mm. right from its inception watching it looking at groups looking at sizes of groups do you know do you know how you are like one of the largest Discord groups that there is? 400,000? Like yeah. I, and I know, I know a lot about Discord. I know all the group. I can tell you all the everything, everything yeah. good and bad about it. Yeah. Um, you guys are one of the good for sure. Having yes. such a large group, <laughs> right? Like you have yes. the largest group in crypto that I've ever seen. You have one of the largest Discord groups that there is on the whole entire Discord ecosystem. And it's, and you just shrugged it off. You're like, oh, we have 400,000 people in there. Actually, yeah, that's a huge stat. I think whatever's going on there, you've attracted a, one of the, like you might have captivated 90% of the game speculators in crypto. I can't, I couldn't verify that stat. But, you know, I've watched around a lot of these different games and and they don't have a Discord server that's busy like that. They don't have a Discord server that's big like that. Uh, now, don't quote me on Axiom Infinity as it's not one of my favorite games to talk about because of its structural integrity isn't exactly friendly to the human ecosystem. Yeah, that was a mouthful. Um, so I, ha I haven't seen what size theirs is. I imagine it would be quite large as well. So I, I actually compliment you very much on the growth there because that that is a huge thing. A big Discord server that like every day more and more people must find out about the game because of just the size and enormous amount of people that are already speculating on your project. Discord's a, Discord is a unique one. I think Discord is the best platform to communicating down and into your community. If in terms of putting out information, facilitating areas for them to have a dialogue, improving that in-game experience, a lot of that goes, the, I, I cannot think of a better, more scalable way to do it than through Discord. Um, and it's been good, you know, compared to all the other Web3 games, I think the only person, the only organization that has a bigger one than us is Axie. And it's been good. Um, it's definitely a big boon. Most of that growth happened before I joined big time. So I, I, I can't quite take credit for that. But uh, I think most people saw what big time was doing was different. They're like, oh, I gotta, gotta get involved with that early. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so here's comes a really strange but technical question um, because we've talked about Web3. Now, I, I've been asking this a lot to a lot of different people because everybody has a bit of a different answer. Yeah. So what, what would you describe as what is Web3? Oh. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Cut. Come on, you know what? I'm, I'm so tempted to just stall for 10 seconds and Google the definition of it. Um, here's what Web3 means to me. And I'm not, I'm not gonna like futz around and, and like look up like what the dictionary definition of it is. I think of it as a primarily fundamental different way of accessing the internet with a much larger emphasis on cryptocurrency, blockchain assets and tracking artificial intelligence and with associated machine learning than is even physically capable right now inside of web two. That's generally what I think of what I think of web three. And then, so I actually follow up this question with the exact same one again, or not the exact same question, but along the same lines is web three, the, Apple Store and a Google Play Store killer. Is that what it is in the future? Are we going to see either integration or we're going to see adoption 
because, I mean, you know, Google <laughs> pops out these games of wastefulness. <laughs> like there's 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 more of those than there is tokens releasing in crypto. <laughs> yeah, and I I wonder when we're gonna have some kind of consolidation and and the acceptance of Web three. Like, am I gonna go to my Google Play Store? And then I'm gonna click on with the Web three button, and finally they've adopted. Is is that what we see as a possibility for Web three in the future? Well, I don't think it's gonna kill them. I really don't. I think they will have to change their business model in terms of how they generate revenue. For example, Facebook and Google take about I don't know the first thirty percent on average of all the revenue that that comes out of the games that are listed on their platform, it's pretty predatory. And if you think about decentralization as a fundamental part of what Web3 will involve, they can't do that. But having said that, I, I've really noticed in the last three to four months, there is a strong, excuse me, a strong desire in a lot of games specifically to aggregate. People keep saying like, I'm gonna build the next Steam of Web3. Why? Because it's freaking hard to find all the games out there right now. And if you want to do research, like, hey, I want to get involved with the game. I want to do my research. You end up going to these sites that it already start aggregating and comparing that information for you. So if anything, it kind of pulls away from that decentralized component of it and ends up bringing you back to a variety of, of trusted websites. It's like, okay, well, they reviewed these other games before. I'm going to keep going back to them. I had a positive experience here. And I didn't like that other sketchy link over there. And it ends up it almost undoes some of that decentralization. So I think Google and Apple, they're 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 big and they're they're they've got a lot of smart people. I think they're gonna have to change their model, but they're gonna continue to try and aggregate things that makes it easy for people to access things and uh and find things as well. No, it's very interesting what you just replied. Um this the steam of web three. Uh this has actually been discussed off air with people um actually in just my last podcast we we're discussing the same same thing that people can't find everything right now that there isn't a, a centralized location to look at what everything that web3 has to offer it's just um it, it's a needle in a haystack people are hunting right now and they don't know what to hunt for now i wonder if this is part of something that people don't talk about lots is that just part of the way the crypto culture is you know they don't talk you, about wallets is that what you said they don't it's like we all have to forge through everything to figure out which link is right which link is wrong which game is good yeah. and there's no there's no place that there's no steam of the web 3 yet i think it's I think it's uh it's been allowed to thrive for as long as it has because that's what the four percent of all internet users that are in web three look for and prioritize. In part, I think they're they're a very different customer base, for lack of a better word to describe it. They're a very different type of user. They're very they're very technical. They have like a search for a, and a desire for information, whereas and they want they they like look at the blockchain transactions. I think for most people, they don't care about any of that. Like most people cannot tell you how the internet works, but they know how to log into their phone and check their email. And they don't want, it's because we've built user experiences that has obviated you need to, to understand those technical details. But I think for Web3 eventually, to for it to have that mass adoption, we all hope will come one day, you need to improve that user experience. And unfortunately, I think a lot of that comes hand in hand with centralizing at least the access to some of the information, at least to become more aware of stuff. You mentioned wallets as an example. I have a little bit more of an experience personally with with games, and there is a ton of up-and-coming aggregator sites that are like, hey, this is the place for all of your Web3 games, and they figure out how to blend it with an NFT marketplace and advertising and you know guild and scholar statistics and all of that stuff. and Nobody has kind of achieved market dominance on that one yet, but man, there is certainly a demand out there for a single trusted place where you can download a whole bunch of Web3 games and have a good time and trust them. Yeah, that and that might come in time. It may not even be the right time for that yet. 
I think it might take another um, adoption cycle to really have that um, uniform and trusted. Like, <laughs> this is going to sound funny, but until Coinbase does it, who else are we going to trust? It's a good question. I mean, they definitely have that that first mover advantage. Um, Crypto.com even. Crypto.com, yeah. Web3 Gaming, right? And everybody yeah. will see. I, I imagine if that happens, I'll see big time there. will be one of the first 10 for sure in it. Yeah. Because they're not going to take little projects. It's going to be everything that is um, fully vettable, right? Yeah. I I think one of the interesting things about gaming is how decentralized it has remained compared to its dominance in the financial realm. So like gaming, about $190 billion a year. It's twice as big as the movie and music industry combined. If really? I were to, yeah, it's huge. It's, it's so big. Like, wow. And so you think of it, just think of it like who, how many prominent people are competing right now for the movie industry. You've got like Apple, you've got Netflix, you've got Hollywood. That's Amazon. About, yeah. Right. Amazon's yeah. producing movies now. You're, you're right. right. You're right. It's about, and it, it actually looks about. like, <laughs> it looks like and, and Netflix and Amazon are going to take that whole thing over. Yeah. The movie making industry, yeah. But they're competing for a pie that's about one sixth as big as gaming. And I mm. think the size of gaming is part of the reason why Netflix is just rolling out with Netflix games right now. Um, mm -hmm. right? People can sort of be like can see like, oh wow, there's a lot of stuff out there. And yes, you have your things like Steam, but wait, name your top websites for for right for rating games and think Oof. of that list inside your head. And then if I were to ask you the same thing, think about your top websites for rating movies. And 99% of people are going to say IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes. And they're right. There's two very centralized ways of evaluating mm. movies and something Thanks similar so for music. But when you get to games, this it's, uh, it's, it's mostly driven by like, you know, key opinion leaders or streamers who have that dominant voice. And it's remarkably decentralized, I would say, uh, compared to the gaming and film industry. Um, for for you know, better or worse, that's just the way it is. Um, I wonder whether or not, or how games and, and the game industry will have to change here as we move that into Web3. I, I'm glad I'm not one of the 90%. I'm the Wikipedia. When I go and I look on Wiki for my stats. I look how much money they made. And then, really? I mean, because yeah, Rotten Tomatoes don't mean nothing to me. The, you're such a IMDb great example of a Web three person. Me. You're so great because you're. That's like a very. I would have never done that. I'm the boomer of the group at big time. So like, if I understand it, like anybody can get it. But like, that's I think one of the things that is characteristic of a lot of Web three people is you have interesting ways and decentralized ways of acquiring and incorporating information into your decision process. It's very. It's very different. Most people do not do that but you have a, a much more kind of involved way of evaluating it. it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting dichotomy there one of the funniest um um quote releases that i tracked during um the last decade is a leonardo dicaprio movie called don't look up that cost leonardo around 76 million dollars because it only made about 140k at the box office oof <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was and not that, my and now is, and but this was a unique thing for someone like myself watching all these numbers, knowing that movie theaters are closed, and knowing that what Hollywood does is very strange. You know, they're the ones who probably franchise the when billboard thing, right? <laughs> like, for real, it's like you need a bigger billboard that sells more tickets. No, not necessarily um leonardo found that out and don't look up like the movie was actually kind of good it, yeah. it, it was i mean the the end of it was thrilling yeah super thrilling i'm just like woo they got what was coming to them <laughs> you know yeah. yeah the he also did too now this was something fascinating because it, it really digs deep this is the first time i've seen people vote with their wallet yeah when they disapproved of something, they were like, well, we're yeah. going to show you. And then there it is. It's on Wikipedia as a stat that'll never go away. 
and like um you know the the movie that made the money was the uh the spider-man one no way home i believe it's like uh yeah. 1.8 billion or something like that way way up there yeah and and on average movies make around 200 million 75 million but he lost 75 million there and and it was the first time that i saw the internet speak back to the movie industry and they they and according to everything that you're showing me they have a hard time if they're so small and so tiny and then so now we have this dominant game industry that is is ever growing and and it's turning into trillions and trillions of dollars and i've known i've known i've watched that carry on for years now and we're just it's almost like we've hit a speed bump in the highway while we were traveling pretty fast and it veered everybody off course and said no we're not really quite ready for blockchain but as that adoption moves into blockchain and we see the really large game industry um, corporations start moving in like um, UBI soft blizzard and and bringing blockchain there's something that and i mentioned it earlier the games then will reflect harder to cheat in and and then that is something for a person like myself who I, what i've looked for and i wonder sometimes if some of these big companies are not adopting blockchain blockchain technology because they know that the cheating will stop them they won't have to police it as much you can't you can't well you, you can you can prove me wrong and most people can prove me a lot wrong that blockchain is hackable but then again i don't know if it's blockchain hackable or if it's somebody got fished in their email and they gave away their login credentials <laughs> you know what i mean yeah i sometimes i think like um it's like we uh the easiest way to just like kind of hack anything is to just send out like a million emails and be like send me your social security number and then like i don't know 0.5 percent will respond back with it and you're going to get something it's like why bother going through the rest of the hacking process it seems very in-depth like just ask people for it they'll send it to you <laughs> but no i it, it totally under uh, totally undervalues the entire marketing thing um of, of blockchain being very secure i it's interesting. I think people actually do very a very effective job of telling you what they do and don't like. And if you if if they don't need what you or want what you're making, your marketing can kind of only take you so long for so far, um, and then they're just going to leave. And that's where you see these kind of calamitous collapses in projects. You know, some people wanted to play, uh, you know, a Web three game when they thought they could make ten bucks an hour and definitely doing that, and everybody could kind of get rich while doing it until they couldn't, and then they left and they realized, oh, we made a game that nobody wanted to play. They really only wanted to play it because they could make money out of it. Yeah, I have two words for that: not sustainable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's no, it's, I, I, yeah, it's a challenge. <laughs> I see a lot of those. It, it it it's well described though, right? rush in and make that ten dollars and then everybody's making 10 cents and then nobody's playing it anymore and i see you've went at a totally different thing you guys got gameplay you now you're adding technology and i mean there's so many possibilities in the future sponsors um in the future dipping into the hollywood crowd you know, they tend to like to sponsor big events or and big up and coming things as they catch on. And having the name big time, like <laughs> you must you must consider yourselves lucky a little bit of having this TM. Like uh, it is quite catchy. Um, I'm surprised there isn't a game. It's almost like the Mandela effect. It's like, didn't I play a game called Big Time? On like the PlayStation Two a long time ago, didn't I? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely uh, a name that people have heard. In some ways, it's good because it's people will remember it. It's it's I think it's pretty easily rememberable. I'll be honest with you. When I was first looking at Big Time, I heard about it from word of mouth. Talked was talking with somebody. He's like, Yeah, I work at Big Time. It's a great. We know we're building a video game. And I looked it up, and the first thing you generally find when you search Big Time is a slot machine kind of game. And, you know, when we were talking, he was like, hey, this is a great game. It's going to revolutionize things. It's a great story, great gameplay. 
And Uh-oh. I was thinking to myself as I watched it, I was like, dude fucking lied to me. It's like, this is a fucking slot machine game. What, what's, what's, what game are you playing? What lore is there? What lore is there? Where is the time travel stuff? Like, is it time travel because like, you have different looking slot machines? And then I quickly realized I was in the wrong one. Um, but uh, but no, I think it's a pretty a pretty memorable game. No, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that. It's like, yeah, it's didn't I already play that before? Why a big time? Like I feel like I've already done this before. It's it's a uh, it's a hot take for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting that you relate to the way that I've I've felt about hearing it, and it's almost like it's been there before, and it's like why am I experiencing that? So that that's great. Like that must be another thing that's driving people towards you. you know, I find it super cool in crypto that there's everything all walks of life in development when it comes to everything innovative and that i seek out and i actually look for what causes that hype cycle vibe what is making that project build and grow um that's pretty much been like my ever ever quest in crypto i'm always foraging for what is the next big thing? Maybe that's where it is. And 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 Big Time has that great ring to it as far as a name goes. So I can see where adoption's going to come in really cool throughout gaming communities. I, and I see that you're up against a big challenge, one that even myself, I haven't realized until tonight. You know, you, you've, you've actually taught me a few things here that, <laughs> Oh God, no! <laughs> Gaming growth industry isn't very easy, right? You know, all these guys are out there. We're like, we're gonna be the next Pac-Man. It's like, no, you're <laughs> not. Right? I'm trying to not be pessimistic, but maybe at two years after you're developed and you can show me your game, then maybe we'll talk, right? Like, uh, there's a lot of ideas in crypto. There's not always so much follow through, is there? Yeah, I th- I think especially over the last few months where people are very reluctant to to pie to jump in headfirst into something unless there's something for them to look at, right? Like you can only get so hyped about a a tokenomic model that's going to finally fix whatever Axie Infinity did wrong, or hey, we're going to have a hot new cryptocurrency and this is the type of meme it's going to be. Now it's much more like a like people look at it in the same way they look at the stocks and bonds where they're like, yeah, you know, what's the performance look like? Who is the team? And it's a much more traditional way of kind of looking at things. I think the big part of the hype cycle was there was so much money in the bull run that everybody wanted to pile in and anybody, even if you had nothing on your team or your project, you could, you could make some money out of it for a quick flip. But in the bear market, people are much more skeptical. A lot of that easy money has kind of left. And you have to be able to deliver, and you got to show that you're building something concrete for people to give a to give a hoot about it. And um, and so I, in some ways, I view it as a positive. We needed to kind of remove some of those those crappier projects that were leading to those negative exactly. events that people would associate with Web three before. You got to get rid of them, and uh, we're going to leave the people who are truly committed to the technological capabilities of what of what Web three can do for you. So uh, a couple of tough questions before we go into closing here. Um, do you feel like Sandbox is any kind of competition towards your development right now or that they will be in the same kind of game genre gap at all? Um, they are. They are. Um, not a direct competitor. We're not a perfect um substitute for them but we definitely incorporated a lot of what of that crafting desire that some people have like sandbox is beautiful because you can make a lot of you can make your own world out of it you can make a ton of stuff out of it you can create your own experience which is appeals to a lot of people who like for example minecraft and you can do some of that in big time you can craft your own nfts we have space which is essentially like your own house or castle and you can customize it and change the layout so there's a little bit of that sandbox crafting capability inside of our game but it's not it's not as as built out as what you can do in sandbox um so it's quite a bit of a different experience there so not a perfect competitor but um 
having said that, I would say that Web3 games are it's a wide open, it's a big ocean. There's more than enough room for a ton of great projects. But if you're making a mm-hmm. great project, I think it actually helps the rest of it, helps the rest of the industry a ton. So I I wonder now for your for yourselves, that's probably gonna be the end thing for you once you deploy is going to be a pretty cool marketing campaign that if it's anything like your game it's going to be a pleasure to watch and witness it happen yeah that's that's the goal i mean it's just when you when you have it become like a pervasive a pervasive discussion i think that's kind of the gold standard i think one of the biggest compliments about world of warcraft you could say is if i say the phrase leroy jenkins to your average person they probably know that it's a world of warcraft resident uh, reference without ever playing the game um i know that's like mm-hmm. the goal that's like where you want to get <laughs> yeah um, isn't that one a strange it, one how that worked out but it did and did yeah. every time you hear it, you just everybody wants to say leroy jenkins yeah <laughs> and that run in there and then it's like oh we party wiped they party wiped right that's that's what made it famous i think was that they all party wiped right then <laughs> It was it was it was quite the thing actually. Um, yeah, it's actually a, printed on T-shirts. Hey, we've got a a thirty three point three percent chance of survival. Repeating, of course, it's just so casual about what a is ultimately an atrociously low success rate. <laughs> it's like, and they just say it so blandly, and then obviously Leroy just goes in and charges in. Yeah, he's what a character, what a character. So uh, before you were in uh, big time, what were you doing before that? What's your previous experience? I was in the army. I was in the army for nine years and then was trying to get into um, to tech for the first time, learned uh, some programming, some machine learning, added on some stuff I was doing before that. And uh, that's how I found my way into big time. Yeah. Nice. And then describe your first crypto experience. <laughs> uh i was involved or i bought into an nft project which did not pan out i will i will not share its name here but did not work out so that was my first one where i was like nft knew some smart people doing it and i was like i like it and it, it i mean pennies pennies right now if that i think if it's above a penny it's probably a win right now but that was my first uh that was my first uh crypto experience <laughs> that one's that's interesting it's um, a good start yeah you know you think i doubled down on the investment and just kept working in the industry but that's part of the reason why i work at big time um why i like big time because they do something pretty unique pretty different if you could describe crypto if you could describe here's really adding to my list here if you could describe bitcoin as a potential um virus would you no even though it's captivated and captured you now permanently, maybe. Oh, it hasn't it hasn't captured me. I could I could quit anytime. You know, I say it like, <laughs> about, like we we all say that. Can I get that Bitcoin? <laughs> yeah. I just uh, you know I what I'm expressing is once you find out about it, you don't you know the fundamentals of everything worldly change. You you suddenly start realizing unbanked means something you know <laughs> yep it's uh it, it does mean something and it's hard like once you kind of buy into like the idea it's pretty hard to not uh to not keep looking for it and where it can add value in other places all right and then socials if people want to get a hold of you after listening to the podcast uh, of course if they look down it'll be down there also um but uh, what are your socials if they want to get a hold of you or any of your team um the easiest way is through at play big time on twitter and uh that's at play big time is our handle for instagram as well those are the best ways to get us is is on twitter and then, um, honestly, if you're kind of a gamer focus, check out our Twitch, Big Time Studios. That's the best place to get us. I check our Twitter all the freaking time. So if you send a DM on there and you say, hey, I'm looking for Matt, you're going to get me. Um, you're going to get me within a few hours. And uh, that's the best way to get me. Um, yeah. Okay, And that's bigtime.gg for your browser. And people who are still typing that into your 
browsers. That's how you get a look at this. And of course, over at Twitter, you can go to play big time or at play big time and you will find their Twitter account and you can contact Matthew there. Um, and he'll probably direct you to your, to the discord. That discord is your main hub for everybody to communicate mm -hmm. in. Is that right? Yeah. That's the best discussions you're going to get. And is the and the Discord invite link? It can also be found on the BigTime.gg website. You know it. Yep. And is there anything else that I might have missed that you might want to tell everybody about just before we close up? Um, if you're interested in trying out Big Time, check out either our Twitter for our giveaways or our Twitch. We do early access pass giveaways on on Twitch pretty much every night. So if you want to try out the game, see what all the hype is about, that's the best way to do it. Oh, wow. Every, so every night you ha are having a yeah. giveaway potentially right now for access yeah. to the. And so that that involves nothing other than people participate and they can they can get early access. And now with early access, what happens there? They they can get in, they can just play the game. They don't um, they don't have to contribute to a Twitch stream or anything like that. Just play and give feedback. Is that right? Just play, find NFTs. <laughs> Flip them, do whatever you want with them, you know, or just play the game, and that's that's it. I'll tell you what. So normally it's just comment like in the in the Twitch uh, uh, Twitch box, like, hey, I'm trying to get a Ruby path. I'll tell you what, if you if you come in with a, a solid joke or like a one liner, you're gonna. I know if I'm on stream, you're gonna get bumped to the top of the list. So, um, but yeah, you just get to play the game, no strings attached. You don't have to pay any money. You don't have to connect a wallet. You're just gonna have to register for an account which takes literally one click in about 10 seconds and you'll get access to the game yeah and that's playable on all all browser all browser platforms android apple pc just pc actually just pc and then do you when do you expect or in your final release is it going to be play playable on mobiles as well probably not mobile I think the it will be PC, Mac, and then maybe console will be the next step after that. But we're gonna we're gonna stay with PC for for the, at least the next few months. Right. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's 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 all the questions I have for you. Thank you very much for coming out and talking about Big Time GG with me tonight. Um, yeah. I appreciate your time. Everything you guys have are doing, and until you release, I mean, when you release, uh, it's going to be very interesting to follow up this project and see what happens when when your full free to play release for everybody to come in on it. Dude, I can't wait. I would love to. I'd love to come back on here, chat with you again. This has been a been a great discussion. Thank you, thank you, Matt, and thank you, everyone, and you guys all have a great night. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. that was an interesting podcast and like all the other podcasts i've asked you to press like when there is no like button so what is it that we might want to do today there's a twitter button so maybe click on the twitter button follow me you can also follow this podcast on Spotify. This has been a Crypto After Dark production.